You're listening to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. We have a guest uh, coming on, Clinton. Is that correct? Yeah, we do have a guest. And the guest is James Dwyer. The guest is James Dwyer. And I think he might be with us now. Yes, yes, I am. James Dwyer, tell us uh, who you work for because I can never pronounce it properly. <laughs> no worries. I work for Angle and Volkers oh, yes. here in Halifax. Right. Clinton has some questions for you. Well, we're really curious sure. about the Halifax market here and what's going on in real estate. You know, we reported kind of on mm-hmm. our last show that there was a couple of Mondays ago, we're talking maybe a month ago or so, and there were only about 30 mm-hmm. or so new listings. But I've heard, heard through the grapevine, there have been more listings coming up online here in Halifax and maybe across the province the last few weeks. Yeah, it really kind of ramped off, I'd say, about a, about a week, two weeks ago. Essentially, once the kind of clock clicked over from April to April 1st, April 2nd, things started picking up. I do say, though, from a, from a current inventory level, we're still below uh, 2019 numbers mm-hmm. for like month over month uh, increases. So inventory is leading the way as uh, our number one issue right now. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, we've got a bit of a population boom happening um, on the new construction side. Things are picking up considerably there, but, you know, their cost of construction is, has gone up quite quite a bit as well. So we've kind of got a bit of a, a lot of pressure on that entry-level purchase price right now uh, with the inability to replace stock with new stock. So essentially, we're just going to be going through that resale market. I think that's really interesting. And are you seeing first-time home buyers? buying what we consider a starter home. There was kind of that trend the last couple of years that first-time home buyers were buying kind of their dream home. But as we know, some people are kind of uh, forced down, and I mean suppressed maybe a little bit by the cost of borrowing. So are expectations yeah. kind of being leveled out a little bit now? They're starting to. I mean, you know, with, with interest rates what where they are right now and what we're seeing with the buyers, I mean, they're still getting a multiple offer situations. Mm-hmm. Um, very reminiscent of last winter and the winter before. But this time around, those sale price, those over asking and such is much, much, much lower. So it's definitely become a much more conservative approach uh, from the buyers, as well to the really keen on identifying price drops in the marketplace, uh, as that seems to pick up a, a lot of activity on those particular homes. As far as the homes go, are you seeing a lot of a, a lot of renos? Uh, what what type of uh, I, I guess era homes are we talking? Are we talking circa eighty stuff, or or is it a whole yeah, lot of everything? It's a little bit of everything. Essentially, you know, the classic uh, semi-detached house, uh, the you know nineteen sixty style bungalows, the older style townhouses, that sort of stuff. Interesting. What part of town is are are are, are hotter than others? Right now, I would say you're looking at uh, pretty much all on the Dartmouth side doing quite well right now. Kimberly's also doing really well. Uh, the Peninsula in pockets is, is doing uh, quite strong. Like South End particularly, you know, we're not seeing, you know, crazy numbers there, but it's definitely holding really well. So I haven't really seen a, or identified an area that seems to be underperforming at the moment. That's really, that's interesting. So it's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is kind of like across the board. Are you feeling like the market is becoming more balanced? Like you said, there's maybe the offers are not going as much over ask and people are getting more excited about price drops. Like, do you think it's becoming more of a balanced real estate market between I, buyers and sellers? I, I do to a certain extent. I mean, there's been a lot of changes over the last year on the buying side, whether it's interest rates, foreign buyer bans, mm-hmm. anti-flipping legislations, those sort of things. So, you know, the buying pool has shrunk considerably, and I think it's kind of in a good space where 
what you're dealing with right now are, are buyers that are looking for homes, not investment properties. So it's really addressing that that housing side. On the selling side, because of the increasing in population, you know, we're not getting that turnover. Uh, whether it's from uh, older demographics who seem to be, you know, sticking it out in their houses longer. Um, so that supply side is equally lowered. And also, too, I do believe that what we see in last year, like we broke records on inventory numbers mm-hmm. in that hot, hot, hot market. I think all that extra inventory that we would normally see in this year was sold last year. So we're kind of having that, you know, peak in inventory. And now we're in that drop phase before it starts kind of popping. Interesting. But, because of the less inventory and because we do have less buyers, the market is behaving a much a little bit more of a balanced market, favoring the sellers a little bit more, but nothing like what it was over the last two years. How about all those buyers that were coming from Ontario, uh, Quebec, all of that stuff? Is that dried up pretty much? I'm I'm, I'm sure there's a trickle yeah, of that. But. I mean, there's you know there's always that standard kind of movement when it comes to like the military transfer program that right. we kind of have happen here in the yeah. spring. But yeah, what we've seen over the last two years, you know, the, the COVID exodus out of Ontario kind of come to an end right now. And I'm curious to know now with the numbers, you know, how many are sticking around. Yeah, we're hearing some reports that there are listings that are sitting, you know, 30, 60, 90, 120 days. What do you think's going on with those? Like, you know, if there if there have been some price drops and they're not getting offers, do you think that there's just uh, you know buyers that are sitting on the sidelines, or are there issues with the you know pricing of that listing? Do you think? Well, I mean, if, you know, as a, on a broader scale, I would definitely look at it and say to you, like, I'm finding the kind of mid to upper mid range pricing. So think of it like your 600 to kind of like eight or 900 range. Mm-hmm. That seems to be an overabundance of inventory at the moment. And initially, my thought process was that you know the first time home buyer starting the family now, have outgrown the starter home and now looking for that next next piece, you know, you'd think that would put extra inventory into the into the space at the entry level stuff, but they're they're just not making those moves. Mm-hmm. So the question that becomes, you know, is it is an affordability or, you know, uncertainty that we may be seeing uh, economically, that sort of stuff kind of moving forward. Um, but I think overall the 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 strength in it right now seems to be uh, a, a very localized market with a sprinkling of, of immigration in it. When it comes to uh, new home construction, new home build, uh, which areas are, 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 or I suppose there's probably just pockets of that around the community. Yeah. 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 Essentially what, uh, you know, when it comes to new construction, you know, the the biggest setback on their side is, you know, just trying to get, uh, get things approved and get things moving forward. We're starting to see uh, the city reacting in a positive way in that respect. But, you know, yeah, you've got pockets. I mean, Newton, Spryfield, uh, Bedford West. Uh, Lucasville, um, just to mention a couple of them to you, and they're, they're, they're doing quite well. But again, you know, they have a little bit of a supply issue on the pricing side for them, so that's been a challenge. Uh, over the last six months, I've seen a big shift in strategy from the builders. I've seen some builders do their own financing. I've seen, uh, you know, cash incentives for mm-hmm. purchasing, that sort of stuff, to, to make, make the uh, purchases a bit more lucrative for the buyers. Well, James, listen, we appreciate your time. We know you're busy. Let's uh, have you back on Mortgage 101 soon. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Okay, pal, take care. That's James Wire. And where is, who is it? On Eng- Holland? Engel and Volkers. Engel and Volkers. I can never say Right that. here in Halifax. Right, right. I call him Halifax real estate agent. Well, because- you know what? He's a great guy, and I've actually yeah. done a lot of transactions with him. Yep. And um, you know what? I have great feedback. And he's and yeah. he's so generous to give his time yeah. to come on our show. So. I think when it comes to real estate agents, it's it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough for anybody when they're new in any. Let industry. me tell you, it is a tough grind yeah. for realtors right now. Yeah. I would not want to be a realtor. No, but you have I, to have very thick skin, I think, to kind of weather the storm over the last you know 
three or four years. Let's yeah, be honest. But, but, People uh, thought but, it was very easy to be a realtor. They and do. Not. They do. The, the impression is they, they, they make all kinds of money. And in some cases they do. That's all well and good. But they're they're just cash and checks, and it's it's mm-hmm. easy. It's an easy job. It ain't an easy job. It's very difficult. I'm gonna tell you, it is a very very tough job, and you know, I think there's a lot of really amazing realtors in our city, and you know what? There's some ones that are not that great, and it's I think it's like that in every profession, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, but there is this misconception that realtors just go and open the door and they make a contract and then they get paid. No, these realtors are putting in like 40 plus hours on probably every single file that they're working on. It is a grind. What should people look for when they're, uh, when they're looking for a realtor? You know, date a couple, you know, maybe it's like go for a coffee with two or three of them and, and see if it's going to be a big, a good fit. Right. I, when somebody asked me to give a realtor recommendation, we work with all kinds of realtors. I first kind of think about where are you looking to buy and does the realtor work and live in that area? Right, yeah. I think that's very, very important. Yeah. I also think about fit. Like, is it, is it going to be like a similar age or are they looking for someone with more experience or are they looking for someone that's going to be younger and hungrier? You know, not every realtor is for everyone. Yeah. And you might have a really good experience with one realtor and a really terrible experience with another realtor. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they're good or bad. Right. It's the fit is just really important. When I'm doing mortgage financing, I might spend one hour with my clients. Mm-hmm. I'm working on the file sometimes like five hours. It's transactional in a way, although we do think we have a very good relationship with our clients, and we do. Yeah. And we know we have a lot of repeat and referral. But when you're with a realtor, you're spending some real serious time. So you better like them. And you better think that they're going to work for you because, you know, at the end of the day, this is your biggest purchase. Have you seen deals fall apart just simply because realtors did a bad job? Oh, every day. Every day? Every day. Is that right? And I may say, every day, an we're exa- not getting deals every day, but every month currently. Give me, give me a, something typical that, that can break down because of a bad realtor, if you can. I'll just take a deep breath right now. Okay. That was me taking a deep breath, like, namaste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I see some really questionable things in the listing cut. What's a listing cut? You so that's like the cut? MLS listing MLS cut. Listing so they'll have, like, things in the description to be like, hobby farm. This is a, a fixer-upper. Or they're, like, things that are really kind of put red flags. I'm all about disclosure, so don't get me wrong. But... Just because a property has a barn on it doesn't mean it's a hobby farm. Right. Lenders don't like financing farms. Right. The end. Yeah. <laughs> I also see some real questionable things sometimes in the purchase and sale agreement. I'm not speaking for any realtors. I'm not speaking for the Nova Scotia Real Estate Commission right. or yeah. Association of Realtors. But some of the clauses, I feel concerned for people. Like if you have a question about a clause, you should probably talk to your broker or talk to a lawyer to make yeah. sure it's going to be legally binding. Sometimes, what would a clause be like a right of way or something like that? Or? Not not even things like that. It just no. like so, it, some weird things end up into the agreement. And that may be by the recommendation of the client right? or it might be in the recommendation of the realtor. I would say you need to do some pushback. Just don't take what you're given. Like make sure that all the I's are being dotted and all the T's are being crossed because I mm-hmm. sometimes find like, there can be some situations where there are some gray areas and I've seen things in the agreement that end up terminating the deal. But I think also you want to be reasonable as well. You don't want to be a, a confrontational just for the sake of confrontation. And is and there is a way to approach grievances in a, in a civilized way. There right? certainly are. And that's yeah. why I think as a buyer, you always need to have your own representation. The seller is paying your realtor. Right. Doing a double-ended deal, I would never recommend that. Is that right? Yeah. I would never do it myself. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think you need to have representation for the biggest purchase. And it doesn't matter if you bought one home or 20 homes. I think having a realtor that's going to represent your interest, Mm -hmm. whether you're a buyer or your interest as a seller, I think is really important. So if you showed up at somebody's door and and they were selling the listing and you would suggest, well, I'm going to come back, but I'm going to come back with a realtor then. Yes. Is that right? 100%. And that realtor is going to be, you know, biased to you and represent your best interest. Okay. We have lots more to talk about. We'll be right back with Mortgage 101. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to learn more, feel free to visit us online at teamclinton.ca.